Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Mark. I'm looking forward to spending another time, another episode here with you on This Poor Pastor's Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, your downloads. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for your support. And today we are going to talk about a current event topic, but maybe not in the way that you're thinking of. Uh, Roe versus Wade is in the news. Uh, the Ukraine crisis is still all over the news. In fact, every day you turn on the news, there's something on the news that you are both supposed to be worked up about, and many Christians are telling you you should be talking about. And if you're not, something's wrong with your dedication and love for the Lord. And I want to talk to you about that today, and I want to talk about whether or not that is actually an accurate assessment of our, or is that a good measure of our faith, I guess? I don't think it is, and I'm going to talk about it mostly to try to encourage some of us who get tired of being told we're cowards because we don't dance to the tune that the political narrative demands. Hmm. Well, can't wait to get into this episode, and we're going to do that here in just a moment. Again, I just want to thank you for listening to this Poor Pastor's podcast. Always feel free to send me a message, thispoorpastor at gmail.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Now, this bee got in my bonnet over the weekend. The weekend was Mother's Day, so if you're listening to this not on um, May the 9th, 2022, that's when I'm releasing this episode. And yesterday was Mother's Day. Because it was Mother's Day, I preached a message that was focused on mothers. I don't often do that, and I've talked about that on this podcast before. I'm not real good at um, special days being the emphasis of my of my message. I make some exceptions around Christmas time, and I guess on Easter. But quite honestly, it, it gets wearying feeling like my message has to be dictated by what's going on at the time, but I do also at the same time recognize the wisdom of seeing that people are coming to church on those days many times to hear a, uh, a message geared on that topic, and so sometimes maybe the better part of wisdom is to develop a message on that topic. I tried yesterday. I feel like I utterly and completely failed at it. Um, and some of the feedback I got made me think that I did actually fail about it. What I did not talk about yesterday in any detailed way, although I did make a passing allusion to it, was the subject of Roe versus Wade and the topic of abortion. Our church for years, just like many churches do, get you know got carnations to give to mothers, and one of the places that we got them from before I got here was we would get roses from the uh, National Right to Life Foundation, not roses, but carnations, and we would hand those out. So it was a nice kind of hand in glove um, uh, dealing with the issue and also supporting uh, those who are fighting for life. Um, we don't we do not do that right now, but I'm not opposed to that idea. Um, over the weekend, our church has been participating in, um, in a baby bottle fundraiser. That is, people are taking baby bottles that are shaped like, well, it looks like a baby bottle, but it's like a, a, a piggy bank, and people are taking those, and they're filling those up with coins and dollars and checks and, and different things, and we're turning those in to our local pregnancy our, uh, crisis center where they do counseling, where they do uh, interventions, where they support mothers who are considering having an abortion and try to point them to life 
Um, and if they have babies and don't abort them, they, um, they support them and, and counsel them. And so our ladies are, are getting more and more involved in that, and we're doing what we can. Can I just be like, I just want to be transparent with you. It is emotionally exhausting and physically exhausting trying to keep up with all of the current events and the current um, things that people tell you are so important that you are supposed to be focusing on to the exclusion of, of other things. I was going to talk about the subject of, of church today uh, because along these same lines, and then I was scrolling through Facebook, never a good idea, but I was scrolling through Facebook, and I came across several posts that all said the same kind of thing, almost like it was being a message that was being picked up and shared around. And I saw something similar with the Ukrainian crisis that's ongoing and the war there, and it happens a lot. Um, but this one was about Roe versus Wade. And to try to avoid quoting from any one given article, let me paraphrase what I saw three times within an hour as I was on and off Facebook uh, a couple of days ago, and that is this. Every Christian should be paying very close attention to how pastors, churches, and Christian influencers are silent on Roe versus Wade. Another post said, if your pastor is not taking a stand about Roe versus Wade, you should get another church. And I don't know why, but that just bothered me. Because on Sunday, I didn't make an issue out of the issue of Roe versus Wade. I've often spoken to my wife and also some good friends of mine, and I've said I struggle sometimes with the difference between courage and cowardice and discernment and just plain foolish rhetoric. But it really and truly bothered me to read those things. And then I started, I guess I got a little angry. I'll, I'll own that. I got angry about it. And I, the more I thought about it, the more I got bothered by it. I think it's the heart behind it. Now, one of the guys who posted that pastors a church called the Patriot Church. So, you know, we love Jesus and we love the United States of America. You just take that for whatever it's worth. But is it true? It bothers me that someone is trying to convince churchgoers and Christians that the spiritual influence in their life, be it a pastor or an evangelist or a Christian influencer, whatever that is, I guess social media influencer, I guess that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast is to influence. To tell Christians that those people in their life that are speaking the word of God to them and encouraging them and challenging them in their walk with the Lord and in their growth for the Lord, the people that are trying to reach the broken and hurting communities around us with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that if I'm not preaching the message that you think I should be preaching, that you think it's okay to tell other Christians that they should start viewing with suspicion 
their pastor or their spiritual mentor or their Christian influencer. You know, sometimes I feel like the Christians that I see sometimes on social media act a lot like the markets do, you know, the stock market. Years ago, I started recognizing that the stock market seems like a very mentally unbalanced industry. I mean, they use things like the market was skittish today. The markets are jumpy. The markets are afraid. Or the markets, you know, this good thing happens, so they're jumping up and down. This bad thing happens, so they're hiding under the couch. The one thing you can't say about the markets is that they're stable, right? It's just every little thing that happens, the markets are up, the markets are down, the markets are up, the markets are down, and the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and everything's wonderful, but no, it's not. It's horrible. And I feel like there are those who would like to have churches and pastors, and this is a podcast about pastoring as well. It's called This Poor Pastor's Podcast, and I won't make any uh, apology for being a strong supporter of local gathering together. And I have no problem with the office of pastor, primarily because the Bible doesn't have a problem with it. But, you know, this idea that pastors are supposed to jump every time some unbalanced individual demands that we address their pet peeve, in my opinion, leads more to instability than any kind of edification. Now, let's just talk about Roe versus Wade for a few moments. For the man and the men, it was all men who said it. It doesn't matter the gender of it, I suppose, but it was all, um, um, you know, Republican, highly conservative, Christian men who made these statements on their, on their Facebook pages. For them to say that you should be paying very close attention, what they mean is start to be suspicious. Maybe secretly, if your pastor's not posting and preaching and ranting about Roe versus Wade, he probably secretly endorses uh, abortion. Or at the very least, he's a coward and afraid to say anything about it. To that, I just say, stop. Just stop. That's not helpful. I've seen things like this when people say, if your pastor's not preaching about biblical prophecy, you should find another church. You know, some of the most unbalanced, uncharitable, and ignorant Christians I have ever met in my life are prophecy fanatics. Like, you guys literally are right up there with flat earthers, in my opinion. Just stop. There is a place for biblical prophecy preaching, but it is not supposed to be something that we focus on to the exclusion or primacy of other things. What if I said to you, for example, do you know what? We should really start to pay close attention. Jesus had three whole years of his earthly ministry, and he never said a thing about abortion or killing unborn children. And we know from history that the Greek and Roman culture did practice abortion. It's not new. In fact, read through the entire 66 books of the Bible. Just try that for start. And you'll see that there are times that God called his men to 
proclaimed judgment upon the nation of Israel, in part because they made their children pass through the fire to Molech. They were killing their children, and God was angry about that. But there were whole swaths of time covered in Scripture where that thing was going on, and it was not the focus of every single message. Roe versus Wade, I would love to see overturned in the Supreme Court. I think that killing unborn, excuse me, killing unborn children is among the greatest of evils, and I cannot see how we could ever expect for uh, our nation to be blessed with such a circumstance. It's certainly not the only evil that's, that's going on, but it is something that is heartbreaking, beyond heartbreaking. But for people to cast doubt upon the courage, love for God, fervency, or, or otherwise desire to defend life, for people who are not jumping up and down in their pulpits and ranting and raving because of a leaked document which may or may not come to fruition, is to me the height of uncharitability, and it's not helpful. You are undermining and, and damaging the, the um, influence, to use your word, the influence of good men and women who are trying to help reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and who may not feel that just because something is in the news, it needs to be in the pulpit. Just because something is in the news does not mean it needs to be in the pulpit. There have been people that have been praying about Roe versus Wade for decades, and they are rejoicing today at the possibility that this decision may, may go that way. We're also recognizing, and you should be too, that even if the courts overturn Roe versus Wade, that is just sending the issue back to the states. And we're going to see some states, thank God, pass laws to support and protect and defend life. But we're going to see other states expand abortion privileges to be um, it, killing children after they're born. What I'm saying is that this one decision from the court, while, while a wonderful thing, and I'm thankful for it, is not going to end this issue. It's a battle. It's a long battle. And I'm grateful if there's a chance that we may be taking a step in the right direction. But I'm, I'm just bothered by just this constant knee-jerk reaction. Every single week, you never know. People never know what they're going to hear. And yes, there are people who live just like the people at Athens. They live to do nothing more than, than to, to say or to hear some new thing. They want their pastors to stand up and be media whores and just say all the, all the um, explicit and all of the controversial things and to stomp and spit and pound their pulpits and do all of this stuff. And, and they're not edifying anybody. They're making us versus them, and they're making... People feel better that, yes, we're the right ones, they're the wrong ones, we're taking a stand for life. And, and if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do that. But you know, the majority of pastors and churches and Christian leaders 
and Christian influencers are not trying to gain attention or a following by constantly coming, uh, you know, taking the lead of the news cycles and trying to get out ahead of it as if you're some kind of great stalwart for the faith. If you want to take a stand for life, do it. If I don't do it in the way you think I should, shut up. You follow God and preach in whatever way. If your church wants you to do that, by all means do it. In my church yesterday, I had a couple of people who have had abortions in their life. And it's a great pain and a heartache. If I had ranted and raved about the evils of abortion and how wicked and vile it is, I would have hurt them. By the way, they've taken baby bottles and they're raising money and they're trying to help because they know that there are a lot of people that are deceived. Children that have been raised for generations to think this is the normal and natural thing to do and they've faced the consequences of it. They know the lie. But I would have hurt them deeply if I had spoken about it. We've spoken about it privately. I've talked to a lot. And that, okay, that's, that's the other thing here. I mean, that's the point here that I think is worth making. Do not equate what you see on social media as the reality for just about anything. People's marriages are not as popular or not as, um, people's marriages are not as peaceful and happy as, they, as we make them look on social media. People's kids don't have their hair done and their room clean and looking sharp every day like we make it look on social media. One thing social media is not good at is authenticity. And many times this applies also to those loudmouths who get on social media behind their keyboards and they pontificate about things, but they're very little good and they, have, and they are of very little use outside of social media. It is easy, hear me, it is easy to be a knucklehead who screams and yells on social media about this hot topic and that hot topic, and you're an expert on everything from abortion to the Ukrainian crisis and who should be in the White House and which conspiracy is true and which one's wrong, and you know exactly when Jesus is coming back, and you're just going to preach the truth no matter what, you know, if it hair lips the devil and whatever. But the truth of the matter is, outside of that, I don't know what good you are. Because the best men and women in my life and the ones that I have known over the years were not always on the housetop screaming about every major issue that came along. They were in the trenches, preaching, teaching, working, loving, doing the work, recognizing that if there's an answer for the abortion issue, it is not one of, of passing laws. Laws do not change the heart of men. Laws do restrain the heart of men, but laws don't change the heart of men. The gospel does. And I believe that if a pastor preached the gospel over the weekend and didn't rant and rave about Roe versus Wade on social media or in his pulpit, I believe he did more good than not. I believe that if a pastor stood up in these tumultuous times and, and ministered grace and comfort 
and healing to his congregation. I believe he did more good than not. It feels good to rant. In some sense, that's kind of what I'm doing here, I guess. It feels good to rant. But it doesn't often do good. Now, I, I, I can't even imagine making the choice to end the life of a child in the womb. And I've seen some videos over the last week that have been pure evil. I think I've seen some videos that demonstrate that demon possession is still a very real thing. I believe it. It's, it's evil. It's vile. It's wicked. And I am against it with every fiber of my being. But that doesn't mean that I have to stand up and dance to your tune. And for someone to tell Christians that they should start viewing with suspicion their pastors who are not pontificating on the current topic of the day is inappropriate, it's unhelpful, it's uncharitable, it's devilish. What will you do when you stand before God and you caused people to leave their church because you told them something was wrong with their pastor because he didn't preach the message you thought he should have preached that week? And you cause them to stop listening to a man or to a woman in their life that has been a tremendous blessing simply because they also happen to listen to you and you planted a seed of doubt in their mind. Now, in the time I have left, I want to encourage anyone who's still listening at this point. I want to encourage you. Be steady. Be consistent. Be compassionate in following Christ. You and I both know that screaming at politicians and special interest groups is far less helpful than ministering to the people who are standing right in front of us. We know that the people that sit in our pews, if we've been uh, striving and working and laboring, we know that they come from varying backgrounds and that we have to be careful and measured in our words. We can't run off at the mouth. We can't stand up and, and, uh, and pontificate and say things that, even if true, could be tremendously hurtful, hurtful. And we recognize that the words that come out of our mouth are supposed to be good for the use of edifying. I want to encourage you, don't allow, like I guess I did, don't allow the negative pressure from, I don't know what the charitable word for these kinds of people are. Well, we'll call them good people. They're good people. They're not bad people. They're good people. They're passionate about this. They, too, want to see life preserved. They, too, are heartbroken about the, uh, the issue. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, just because a Supreme Court issue may turn out where Roe versus Wade is overturned. Roe versus Wade has existed, and abortions have been going on now for a long time, millions of babies. How come you don't preach about it every single week? Well, because last week it was something else in the news, and so you preached about that. I understand. These are good people. I think they're unbalanced. I think they're unhelpful, but I think their heart is in the right place, just their mouth is in the wrong one. So be patient with them, and you keep gently and firmly serving Christ. 
Take the opportunities that arise this week at work to have the difficult conversations. Love on that mother who is struggling with abortion. Talk to the teenagers who are thinking about it because it's in the news. Use what's going on in, in I'm not saying ignore contemporary culture. I'm not saying ignore the issues that are in the news. But there's a, there, there's a better way to discuss it. And again, you and I know that just because we are not saying it in front of the camera does not mean we are not talking about it or doing anything about it. And don't let, and, and that would be my last plea to those of you who post about this stuff on social media. You don't know what pastors and Christian influencers are saying about this out of their pulpit. And you have no right to impugn their heart or motivations simply because they, they didn't say it where you could hear it. This is a this is a, a a long-term battle. And again, I am hopeful. But tomorrow there will be another thing in the news, something else, some new conspiracy, some new Christian uh, crisis. And people will want pastors to stand up and talk about that. When are we going to when are we going to be able to just teach the Bible faith faithfully, book by book, verse by verse if you want, topic by topic without jumping around from week to week to week to week? to prove to somebody that we're with it, that we care. Meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes every week. I know so many of you who listen, you love the Lord, you're passionate about Christ, you're passionate about the principles of God's word, you don't have the flash, the pizzazz, you don't make Facebook posts intended to uh, to stir controversy. And let's be honest, Hardly any minds are ever changed by pontificating on Facebook about anything. All it does is drive the divisions deeper. And that's exactly what posts, like I mentioned, tend to do. It's not helpful. And it's not the culture that I'm trying to generate here on this podcast. And I know there are people listening who feel uh, the same way, but sometimes feel are made to feel, like I do sometimes, that something's wrong with us. Nope. Keep following Christ. Keep standing for truth. Keep ministering to the hearts of the people in front of you. Keep speaking truth in love to those you come in contact with. Keep preaching the gospel of Christ because the gospel of Christ is that which changes the hearts and lives of men. And it will be that which is ultimately going to make a difference in the lives of the unborn. So pray about Roe versus Wade. Pray for those battling on the front lines of the abortion industry. And do your part to be an influence and to be a help. But avoid allowing anybody to pull the strings and tell you when to preach, what to preach, and how to speak. You listen to the Lord, and you follow his leading. And that's always been good enough. Always been good enough. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. And I am just so thankful for all the opportunities that we have each week to be together. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I would love to hear you send me an email, thispoorpastor at gmail.com. Reach out and let me know if this podcast has made a difference in your life. Keep standing up for what's right, but do it with love. Be firm. Don't let the bullies push you around. As one person said, you know, bow low before God, stand tall before men. But do it with love. Do it with compassion. Most of us are never going to pastor mega churches. We pastor small, rural churches full of people who are hurting in communities that are desperately in darkness. And they need to hear the love of God. They need to hear the love of Christ. They need to know that Christ came to set them free. 
It's not always easy to know how to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and speak the truth in love. And I know a lot of people think they know exactly how, and I'm glad you have that certainty. Find one person today to make a difference in their life. Tell one person about Christ. Show the love of Christ to one individual. Ask God to lead and guide and direct you. And I know that he will. And I thank you so much for letting me bear my heart to you this morning or this afternoon or tonight or whenever you're listening. Hey, look, next time, I'll give you a little bit of heads up. Next time I'm going to talk about the subject. This is my, this is my title for next week's episode. I'm not the church. I am not the church. And there's something else that I think we need to talk about in relation to that subject, and I'm going to bring that next week, and I hope you'll tune in to listen to it. But for now, I'm going to let you go. God bless you. Thank you so, so much. And I'll be here next week, Lord willing, for another episode of this Poor Pastors podcast. God bless you, everyone. We'll talk soon.